Just want to add my own word of thanks to those who have supported us in prayer, uh, in action, um, in every way uh, these past few days. Uh, As a resident, uh, it has not been easy. Uh, I know that for all of you who worked so hard on the Capitol campaign, uh, who uh, precede me in tenure here at Richmond Hill, it is not easy to watch that work uh, melt away with the water, but uh, in a sense, there was still much work of permanence that was done in the intervening time. Uh, But yes, thank you for the ways that uh, you have made us feel supported and loved here at Richmond Hill. So I'm guessing that you, like me, have a particular list. This is the list of things that you learned much later than you probably should have. (laughs) You know what I mean, right? I was, I was today years old when I learned that pineapples grow from the ground and not a tree, for example. Or I had a friend, I'm pretty sure this was in college, uh, who did not know that pickles come from cucumbers. Uh, like, how has this information managed to elude me my entire life? There's some, some fun ones, uh, reindeer or narwhals, but, you know, understanding that they are real creatures. They are not mythical. Or sometimes it's words like toiletries is not toilet treats. <laughs> or for all intents and purposes is not for all intensive purposes. Or I love the song lyrics. Uh, <laughs> Get a big laugh from Jim. Um, Hold me closer, Tony Danza. It's Tiny Dancer. uh, Or hymn-wise, I knew someone who uh, would sing growing up, Lead on, O King Eternal. Know that hymn? Lead on, O King Eternal. She thought that it was always, Lead on, O Kinky Turtle. You will never, never forget that now. I remember the first time I heard that hymn after learning that, and it was like, oh yeah, totally. I have a couple that revolve around the idea of birth. For example, I was in my late 30s, before I realized that I was born during the last days of the Carter administration. I had always thought of myself as a Reagan baby. I was a little happy about that, Uh, but it was different. It was just like, oh, yeah, Uh, it wasn't January yet. Probably the most embarrassing realization came just a couple of years ago when at the ripe old age of 40, I realized that something my mother told me about the circumstances around my birth was not what I thought it was. You see, she had always told me that she had gone to the hospital with labor pains and that the water broke in her room. And so because of this plumbing problem, she had to change rooms and I then was born early the next day. 
And so for the vast majority of my life, I thought this was some weird detail that my mother likes to share about my birth. That there was a plumbing problem at the hospital, yada, yada, yada. So here I am, 40 years old, with four children of my own, having been present for all of their births, knowing how the, the process works, mind you. And I realize that, oh, this is that. It wasn't hospital plumbing. It was her body. Water broke. And she was going into labor. Here was this obvious thing that I had persisted so long in believing and just never, never made that connection. Thank God it's never too late to learn some things. You know, the imagery of birth and baptism isn't as far in Scripture as one might expect. Scholars have likened Israel's crossing of the sea to a birth narrative, a national birth. And through the ages, Christians have made much of this being as uh, of this as being connected in some way to the meaning of Christian baptism. And then in turn, Jesus's baptism, especially in Matthew, is meant to evoke the image of crossing the sea as Jesus then is driven into the wilderness and then later ascends the mount to deliver what some have called a new law. But there's one more motif present in Jesus' baptism stories, and that's the story of rescue. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, cries Isaiah. And this is effectively what happens in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The heavens are ripped open at Jesus' baptism. Matthew and Luke use the same word that Isaiah uses, Mark goes further and uses the word schizo, like schism, to describe how violent this tearing of the sky is. And this, too, has been linked to birth imagery. Jesus rises, or comes up from the water. The heavens are torn. This is my son. It may not work spatially in our minds, but it sure does work rhetorically, poetically, especially for an aural culture. And the imagery of water and breaking is to be found at some pretty poignant parts of Scripture. This is in part due to the idea that was popular in the ancient Near East, that the sky was a firmament. It was the rachia. It was a solid dome holding up the waters uh, that were above, separating the upper waters from the lower waters, and holding up the storehouse of ice and snow. It was ancient science. As a matter of fact, we encountered this imagery in our own psalm today at Noonday Prayer when we read Psalm 18, and it talks about rescue. It talks about being in trouble and God swooping in to rescue the beloved. Remember these words? The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of perdition assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From God's temple, my voice was heard and my cry 
reached God's ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because God was angry. Smoke went up from God's nostrils and a devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth. God bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under God's feet. God rode on a cherubim and flew, came swiftly upon the wings of the wind and made darkness. His covering around him, his canopy, thick clouds, dark with water. Out of the brightness before God, there broke through these clouds, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens and the Most High uttered his voice and sent out arrows and scattered them, flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. Exodus imagery. God reached down from on high and took me and drew me out of mighty waters. So Advent is over. Christmas is here. And we celebrate the Christ child and this Sunday how God tore through the heavens to be salvation, deliverance, rescue for us. And in the midst of all this, we're dealing with burst pipes and the aftermath of so much damage. And many of of us are feeling a little like the building. So much damage. Isaiah was right. As Lindsay read earlier, darkness shall cover the earth. Thick darkness will come upon the peoples. But if a Grinch can't steal Christmas, I don't suppose a couple of busted pipes can either. The scriptures say, arise, your light has come. Lift up your eyes and look around. Pay attention. God is about to do something. God is already on the move. I know there are some times, a lot of times really, when we are compelled to protest and complain or grieve and lament, and God welcomes us into these raw moments with grace and space, and sometimes a nap and some food. But there are also times, as Katie reminded us in prayer last night, that we, like Job, should probably just put our hands over our mouths and pay attention. And I'm not here to tell any of you or myself which one of those responses are appropriate. Or when? That would be foolishness. But I do believe that whatever else we might make of the events of recent days or of recent years, I believe God is calling us to pay close attention, no, closer attention to the hurt and the pain and the need for healing within this Richmond Hill community. I believe that 
we are being asked to be like the shepherds, to go look for the Christ child and see this great thing that God has done. And to answer God's call by the leading of God's spirit, what should this beloved community look like in this very moment? I'm sure that there are many things yet to learn that I probably should have learned long ago. But I hope that whatever is on that list, a much timelier experience of the truth would be, how, would be observing how a community can bear witness to the life of heaven in the here and the now. Come to think of it, Richmond Hill's 35. Maybe there are a few things on its list. No matter where you are on this journey of life, in the gloom, in the light, or somewhere in between, we remember that the light has come and that we can always begin again at the table of our Lord, the table to which we come now.